I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to the Lantern Rouge Cycling Podcast for Stage 15 of Love Welter, the last stage before the last rest day tomorrow. And listen, I thought today I was going to have a little siesta. I was going to chill out. The broadcast, the Love Welter Uni Public, they didn't even have coverage starting yep from kilometer zero and i took that as an indication hey we're just going to have a nice little ghana or oh no benji Las, benji's lascano versus my sean quinn breakaway battle no problem and all of a sudden it kicked off so I, i've had to get myself a, a shop.lanternrouge.com uh go get myself a coffee benji merch mug because yeah. This stage was much more had much more GC questions than I initially anticipated. Um, did you expect it, Benji? Before I do the profile, to be like this because the climbs are, are really not difficult at all. I just expected breakaway action, and I didn't expect GC action because I never believed that it could have positive consequences for whoever tried on this stage. The stage, in my eyes, wasn't hard enough for actual separation in terms of GC action. But like you said. There was some stress at a certain point in the race for certain teams, but we'll get to that in a second. But the breakaway formation, not on TV this time around, so we didn't see the actual specifics, but what we do know is that there were multiple attempts by, once again, Remco Evenepoel, after winning yesterday, once again trying the exact same thing, and Gana Brennell also trying. The only thing that I can tell you more about this breakaway formation is that a lot of people tried, and this lasted from the uh, start of the stage until the... First climb of the stage, the Puerto de Lizaraga, which is already a 40-ish kilometers into the stage. So it's an hour breakaway battle, for example. And the factor is, we said it yesterday, if you're a breakaway rider and you see Remco in your breakaway, you're like, oh no, he just destroyed Bardet yesterday. I don't want to ride with this guy. But I do feel like people were kind of riding with him, although he always has to do the majority of the work in the group that he's in, in all these attempts that he's in. But he's also trying to be in every single move. So it's becoming hard to not be in a breakaway with Remco even to pull in this breakaway formation phase. So it's and kind of like... And strong too. Exactly. They were trying to get teammates in there as well. I reckon Cataneo was trying again, Jan Hirsch was trying again, and that leads us to the bottom of the Puerto de Lizarraga, where you have that happening. We have a group of roughly 20 riders. This is a breakaway that temporarily exists at the start of this climb. Remco even to pull in there with teammate Jan Hirt. And I guess the other main riders are Vlazov, Kemna, and Zwihov. So GC rider in there, quite interesting. And then a bunch of other breakaway riders that some of them might be in the eventual breakaway of the day. But this was not the final breakaway because UAE had plans. And I'll, I'll go through it and then I'll ask your opinion on it. Okay, Patrick? So no problem. We get an attack from the Peloton. Solar attacking. Vingega is responding to that. And then we see Kuss kind of in third wheel, looking at it and thinking, nah, not today. And he doesn't close it down. And it's up to Moss, who then quickly responds to close that attack down. So attack one of UAE on this climb, a moment that I didn't expect to see GC attacks, it's, it's stopped. But 
the group is thinning out big. It's like 30 riders max at this point, 25. And then we, we go like a turn further onto the, onto the road. And then Almeida kind of catches up with those riders and basically rides past them with a bit of an attack. And we notice that in response to Almeida, we have Virgo in the wheel, Cuz in the wheel. And then Moss kind of closes that down again. So Moss is very responsive to all of this. But then it doesn't work again. And then the third move of UAE is Solera again going. So it's rolling attacks party right now, which I love. I love that shit. And Solera goes again with Vingo on the wheel. And once again, Cus says, na 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 na. I'm not ready to follow that. And they bridge to the breakaway. And there's a gap of 20 seconds right now. And then Von Bale starts pacing in group two there. In the GC group, basically. The GC group that, that's chasing the breakaway with, with Remco, but also with Soler and Vingega. What's your take on this situation? Well, it's it kind of got more out of control than I expected because the first 50Ks, I thought the break would form at where it's medium mountain terrain, but they went super fast there, breaks jumping all the time. They get to this climb where it's a great climb to start jumping this Puerto de Lizarraga. That's not how you say it, but anyway, we're in the Navarra <laughs> region from Pamplona. Because it's got this, yeah, 7Ks where there's this jumping and then it's flat and then the last 3Ks are 7% and then it's medium mountain, the Puerto de Zaurate, 6Ks 5% twice before a descent into the finish in Leckenberry where Soler won three years ago. And I love this from UAE. This is so much better than yesterday. It yep. is using... Now, Rasmussen said on Twitter yesterday that they should have done this yesterday. They should have jumped. I didn't see it. I, I didn't see that as possible on that sort of stage because mm -hmm. in reality, the Yumbo train is just going to get behind you and, and choo-choo. And I also, you saw, Cataneo could only pull the first climb. I didn't think a yeah. raid was possible in the break. Today, Vavaka, Cataneo, Bora with Dens, Kamna, Remco, you can get some allies in this breakaway and all these climbs, yes, we're near the Basque country, but no, they are not Rampas in Humanus. They're draft heavy climbs. I thought UAE jumping was really smart and was the best way to get on the podium because there might have been some teams, and this is the point of discussion, mm -hmm. if Yumbo let Jonas go, he doesn't have a mechanical, doesn't have a crash or a problem, goes to Soler, Yumbo stopped chasing. UAE won't chase. Movistar are already behind. Or oh, maybe they'd be worried about their position. They might chase. But Jonas can basically seal the Vuelta, right? Done. Go, yeah. go four minutes ahead of Ayuso today if they win by three minutes. But Soler all of a sudden is back into the podium position, second or third, ahead of Kus or Roglic. And so for UAE, that's, that's great. Because right now... For this stage, they're not looking like they're getting on the podium. Yep. Do Yumbo have to... Do Yumbo need to do that? I don't think so. I, I, I am... I do respect Ayuso. Very big fan of him. But as I see it, <laughs> the prospect of him dropping all three on the Angleroo... This could be... This could come back to bite <laughs> me, but... The prospect of him dropping all three so badly on the Angleroo... With no Soler pacing, with no Almeida pacing, does not seem realistic um, to the point where he goes into red. So Yumbo was super conservative, arguments either way, I probably would have shut it down too. Uh, Jonas probably just didn't want to have a hard day in the break either. Yep, I reckon the same. I have the exact same opinion as you. My initial reaction was, 
are they kind of thinking about already closing down the podium? But regardless of that, it's also clever to keep your three eggs ahead of the other riders in general and not let Solaire mingle in there because that might upset something in the future as well in this race. So fully agree with your take and that entire scenario, it ruined the breakaway. Like the breakaway that was gone, Solaire murdered the breakaway. A lot of lives were lost in that breakaway because of Marc Solaire. And Bombarlo was then closing it down because Solaire was in it. And we basically have a bit of a status quo for a second, but we know that new attacks will come, right? We know that the second they get caught, they will try and form another breakaway without the likes of Solaire, without the likes of Vingegaard, in the hopes that Bombarlo doesn't chase this time around. And that's exactly what happens. Remco Evenepoel goes in the breakaway again, but big difference from the previous breakaway that he had. No Hirt, no Amigos in there, no Cataneo, no Tug Buddies, also shirt available on shop.lanternrouge.com. But that does make a difference in the breakaway because he's going to have to do a lot of work without a teammate like that in there. There were some riders still in the group from Quickstep, but I bet they were kind of roughed up from what just happened. Butrago also in that group, very strong rider. Elison, the Molar, Dens with Kemna, so Kemna does have a, a Tug Buddy there. Jimmy Janssens for Alpesin, Andreas Kron, Caicedo, Bouchard, Vendrame. Costa, Rubio, Hamilton, and Rodriguez. And this kind of happened in waves, so there was a group going ahead, then another group chasing down, and some riders chasing that down. But in general, 15 riders in this breakaway. And we know the goal from Remco is getting KOM and hoping for the stage once again. We know that all the other riders in this group are most likely just there to try and win, a, win the stage at the end. And we see that across the next part of the parkour. Let's go quickly over the parkour because we haven't properly done that. Like... That last climb was in the middle of the stage. We've got done 90 kilometers at this point, and there's another 60 kilometers left with two times the Puerto de Zuararate. Nothing to do with Arate, I think, but <laughs> it's it's pretty funny that Arate is also in that climb name. That climb is uh, it's not the hardest. It's like six kilometers, five percent from the top of my head, or five kilometers, six percent. Not steep at all, and it has this gradual descent towards the second iteration of that climb. So. One is with roughly 40k to go, and the other one is roughly 10 kilometers to go with a descent to the finish line. Intermediate sprint in there just before the final climb, and that could matter, that could not matter. That depends on whether Remco cares about the green jersey at all, because he could compete at this point in the race if he gets every intermediate sprint at every stage that Groves doesn't get, but it's a bit of a, a crazy theory. That being said, we're looking at the rest of the race. Zwararate is incoming that climb. Remco takes KOM points there. Not much happens except for Alperson starting to pace behind because Caden Gross is in the group behind. And this is not the first time we saw Caden Gross climb well, right? Tour de Polonia, Groves proved on a climb like this, he can do six watts per kilo for 10 minutes. Yes, they go a little bit longer than 10 minutes for this, but he can get over it. I, I never had any doubts that Groves could win this stage. Yeah. My concern was the team... First of all, controlling brake formation. Then Janssen's is in the breakaway. They're ch they start chasing with one guy in front of Hersink. They're not going to bring a break back with <laughs> Petrago, Kamna, Dens, Koshta, like Remco at 340 on rolling terrain with one guy. It just, I don't really, I, I actually think they weren't chasing for the stage. I think they were chasing to catch, try and catch the scraps of the breakaway so Gross could take as much points as possible, finishing fourth instead of maybe ninth so he could keep the green jersey. I think because there's no yeah. way they realistically thought they're catching this break. Like for the first minute or 10 of 
pacing you can think that you can think might as well try just in case to see if it gets a dent into the breakaway but the fact is they keep on pacing after the gap goes from three minutes to four minutes so when that happens you know the break is gonna win the stage you know that alpacin won't catch them from the peloton so i'd argue you're probably right on the spot with what you said there trying to catch as many breakaway riders as possible in the hopes that groves can take as many points as possible because on paper but emco can still win the green jersey so that's why that's a, a reasonable theory but it also in my head kind of sounds far-fetched does that make sense as in do we expect alpacin to think that far mate i think they're pretty pretty locked in on groves they've got yeah. two stages i really think they're worried about remco taking green off him which if remco keeps getting in breakaways is a valid concern so I think they're very concerned about that. And also, Groves already said they really want to want to bring the green jersey home. But yeah, yeah, they just don't. It's it was impossible not to let Remco in the break on a stage like this. Like he's just going to jump and jump and jump and jump. Today, he did seem to be paying more of a price for it, Benji. Yesterday, untouchable on the longer climbs. Today, as I said, 5% climbs, draft heavy. Some of these climbs are not even that steep at all, actually. You no know, teammates. It's flat as well. No teammate anymore. Whereas yesterday, it's like 11K, 9%, 10K, 9%. The best will win. Um, yep. And that's what happened yesterday. Maybe he also didn't have the legs of yesterday because he could have just gone solo, perhaps. But he did seem to be... Yeah, they, the group knew who he <laughs> knows who he is. <laughs> Maybe Bora could have jumped with Denz a little bit earlier to anticipate, but they do start yep. to try and work Remco over pretty badly. Exactly, and that Denz move basically happens after the intermediate sprint where Jimmy Johnson stakes the IS points. The intermediate sprint points kind of rides off and keeps riding. But Emco doesn't go for the intermediate sprint, which to me declares that he hasn't thought about the points classification yet. Even though it's physically possible, he's probably thinking about KOM and stages in such a priority that he hasn't looked at the points classification yet as a proper goal. So that oh, might he said also... yesterday he didn't like it either. Yeah, he, he might not like it, but if he accidentally ends up on 10 or <laughs> yeah. 30 points of the points classification, if I'm Renko, I'd be like, well, I might just go for it at this point. But he's still uh, pretty far away at this very moment. Dense, you said it, responds to Jimmy Janssen's together with Rui Costa. And then Butrago kind of bridges up as well as the climb is starting. And when that happens, you've got these four riders with like 20 seconds on the... Let's say 15 seconds on the Nemco group. And Butrago was the best climber on paper from that Bakeway group. Like, the others are not terrible climbers either. Like, and, and he's not a just climber. a pure climber too. He came third yeah. on Liège. Exactly. He's, he's also pretty punchy as well. And we see riders dropping from that front group. Jimmy Janssens, who just went for that intermediate sprint point. Then eventually we also see Nico Dens dropping. So kind of... Kemna sending Denz up there forces Remco to chase, but it didn't last long enough necessarily to completely do the damage, or did it? Say because... it, Benji. Say it. Uh, Tug Bunny? No, I don't know. Paper what? Tiger. Paper Tiger. <laughs> that was not <laughs> what I expected. That's your new favorite phrase. <laughs> I completely <laughs> forgot what you wanted me to say. I was like, what, what term can I say that might be the one? Anyway, no. No, no, no. <laughs> so, yeah, Paper Tiger, okay? <laughs> because while Jimmy Janssens was getting caught by the Remco group, in the next five minutes, he yo-yoed a bit one meter of the group, but he never got dropped by that group. And the gap is going from 20 seconds to 25 seconds from Kostya and Butrago to that group of Remco. And when that was happening, 
I started to feel like, okay, if Jimmy Janssens isn't dropping, Remco just ain't closing this. And Kamna was so locked in on Remco. Yeah. Like, he was wanting to make sure Remco was dead, buried, <laughs> buried again. Orthodox priest has come and officiated on it. Like, he was making sure Remco was not bluffing. And I thought Remco maybe was bluffing a little bit. Luke was watching with me, and he said, nah, he's... Remco does when Remco's the best, he goes straight to the front and he dominates yep. everybody. And he wasn't doing that, so and he really was not good. Did we not see that early in the race at some point where Hamilton, I think, attacked on the second last climb, and then Emko was the one that immediately responded to that? So I was like, when I didn't see him respond to Butrago, it was already a sign in my head, like, okay, something's off. Like this doesn't feel like Remco behavior to me. But hey, maybe he was playing it safe, but it. It was starting to look like it wasn't because the gap 25 seconds to 30 seconds now. Last two kilometers of the climb and then, then Lenny does his 8,000 watts thermonuclear attack. I just ruined the word thermonuclear, but nobody has noticed. And then Emko can't respond and he kind of drifts through the group and yeah. the others are kind of like, okay, I didn't expect this to happen. And also are now trying to discourage to try and get to the wheel of Kemna. Who, Kemna's gone from the rest of the chasers, right? Yeah, they were never coming back to him. Like, he's just on his 5% climbs, he's the right weight, he's got a bit of punch. His arrow is not bringing him back. TT, you know, in his past as well. And maybe Camner waited a little bit too long. I don't think so, but he gets across that group. Costa's not pulling, refusing yep. to pull with Butrago as well. Maybe that helped Camner's bridge attempt because it was at this point when they had a gap. Costa hadn't pulled, and Butrago was like, I'm not just pulling you to the line, dude. Costa comes through, took a five-second pull, and let Kamna back. And I was like, <laughs> and it's, it kind of annoys me with the stage finish, actually, because what Costa did wasn't optimal for his win probability chances. It wasn't, dude. If he just worked 50-50 <laughs> with Santi, maybe they keep Leonard behind. Yeah. And then let you allow Leonard, the best stage hunter in the world, to come back. But it's so fun to see, no? Like, I yeah. love breakaways where, like, you can be a Remco fan or you can be a Remco hater, but Gosh, the so fact toxic. that Remco wasn't good today, the fact that Remco wasn't good enough today to compete for the victory made us have such a splendid final. Yeah. I would never want it otherwise. Because <laughs> seeing Kostya and Butrago fight over, over who's going to pay and Kostya, like, no, nope, I'm going to stay in building coming next to Butrago and like, hello, sir. I'm not, not taking over, my friend. Then, then Butrago starts pacing again. Then Butrago starts like playing a bit because he's like, I'm getting fucked over. I'm going to try and fuck you over now. So we've got this nice dynamic and all that happens. Uh, we've got Lenny back, eh? Yeah. Lenny's back and yeah. it's near the top to the point where Lenny kind of doesn't move near the top and then Butrago counters that. And in the end, they all three just go over the top uh, in the descent there together again. But... Then the playtime starts again. And for context, the group behind is now being led by Remco into the descent. 30 seconds is the gap. 33 seconds is the gap at the start of the descent. And I thought, okay, normally those three riders will stay away forever at this point because it's a false flat descent to the line. Even if they don't cooperate that well, then it shouldn't be close. But they were cooperating very badly because now it was a three-way when it comes to... Uh, their non-cooperation because if i took a look at that descent like we saw all three of them looking at each other and in the actual descent there was a moment where i think it was kemna 
that gets a bit of a gap on the other two. Butrago isn't immediately in the wheel. Acosta is staying in the wheel of, of, of Butrago and is like looking at Butrago to close it. And Butrago realizes that and looks at Costa. And then Costa basically gets a taste of his own medicine because now he has to close down Kemna. But then Kemna crashes. So another plot twist here. And what did you think then when, when Butrago and Costa are once again at the front of the race together? Well, I thought then, okay, they, I was like, surely they're going to relay a little bit. <laughs> not, not, I just mean under threshold. It's a descent too. Yeah. It's a descent as well. It's, it's not the flat. You just have to roll through 10 seconds each at 250 watts. It doesn't even make these guys more tired. And Kamna's crashed. A nice soft landing, though, into a little green verge on the side of the road. <laughs> he gets up straight away. I don't know if he had to change bike. Shimano Wait. neutral was there. Would you argue this was a softer landing than, I don't remember which rider, I Latour. think Goose crashing on Latour's head? Nah, Kuz, that one was super soft. That was like in slow motion onto Latour's <laughs> head. Poor guy. Um, but yeah, Kamna was straight back up, and I was like, you have now a second opportunity to keep him behind. Yeah. And they literally do not pedal, virtually putting the brakes on next to each other. And it's only two Ks to go. I just, <laughs> anyway, they let Kamna come back. He's literally crashed on the scent, comes back. The Remco group is, it was nowhere. Kamna comes back. They all surplus still. And then after all the surplusing, Santi goes to the front. Costa does a little acceleration. Kamna gets in his wheel, and then Leonard goes to the front. I was really surprised. I thought, mate, Costa lead it out. But, and? Yeah, I was just surprised. At this moment, I was getting Amstel Gold 2019 vibes. Because in that corner, we saw in the background, Group 2 coming back, led by Remco at this moment, in the same fashion as Vanderpool bringing back the Group 2. The only difference is that Remco doesn't necessarily have Vanderpool's acceleration and sprint. But... It gave me the same vibes at this moment, but were they going to catch a front group or not? I'll let you uh, run it to the finish. I think they, they were aware of where they were, but yeah, Kamna leads it out. Really strong sprint, much stronger than I expected because Santi's almost blown off the wheel and there's yeah. no chance of winning and Santi has a decent sprint on him. Costa's also in the wheel for a long time, but he's just the shark. He just, he's got, yeah, he just doesn't, I don't know. I don't know. Him and Valverde, they, they learn from each other riding these sort of finals. And you lead out Rui Costa in a small group sprint like this, he's going to beat you a lot of the time. And that's what happens. Costa comes out of Kamna's wheel, beats him, outfoxes him. Maybe Kamna's the best stage hunter in the world, but Costa might be still the most efficient when he makes the right break, uh, despite maybe not having the legs of 2012, 13, 14. Beating Kamna... Uh, Santiago in third on the same time. Remco leads over the group behind in fourth. And that was, they must have sprinted Krohn. So there's no way Krohn just let Remco take fourth. So Remco must have finished they strong sprinted. on the flat. Yeah. Remco actually sprinted in a last portion towards the group, but he was able to stay ahead of the others. And I was kind of shocked because he does the entire descent or 90% yeah. of it. He does the entire lead out and then he sprints and then he beats everybody in the group for the sprint for fourth. So he must have had a pretty good sprint at the finish line, but he just wasn't good enough in total. And that might be a combination of yesterday's effort, but also the factor that in today's stage, he rode as if he had the same amount of energy at the start of yesterday's stage, which if you've got a stage like yesterday on your legs, you probably don't. But about Kosta for a second, ex-world champion, do you know the exact scenario how that happened? Because I recall there being like a feud between 
between Joaquim Rodriguez, Purito, and Valverde, who was chasing 15 seconds back with Nibali. So a Portuguese Costa ahead with Purito and Valverde and Nibali chasing. How did Valverde not win that? Was there not a major like unhappiness no, thought, in Spain? I thought, I thought Purito was clear and Valverde dragged Costa back because they were trade teammates. Oh, that was a scenario. And wasn't yeah. Purito on Katusha or whatever yes. preceded it. <laughs> I'm going to rewatch um, that tonight. Because you remember, if you go to find the photo, of, all you got to see is the podium photo. Purito's crying. <laughs> Not because he, like, because yeah. the way he lost. Um, so, yeah, the two foxes, Valverde <laughs> and, and Costa. <laughs> um, not liked by everybody, maybe, in the peloton. But, you know, he gets the W and he's had a good year. He uh, joined Intermarche this year after some, some really down years, frankly. At, yeah. At, uh, what did he... So at UAE, he was on UAE from... Mm, okay, so he would have signed two contracts there. The first one was okay, sort of. He won Abu Dhabi tour. And yep. then he had a three-year drought. And he would have been getting paid good money. I'm telling you, he would have been on good, good money. And basically won nothing except for a Saudi stage at the start of 2020 when that race was even smaller. One Portuguese national champs, then didn't win anything for another three years. And then at Intermarche, he, he started the season hot, won Valenciana, which, by the mm -hmm. way, serious field. Now, he did win because of the final stage. It was chaotic, but they were doing big watts that stage too. He went clear with uh, Aronsman. So he's might have been much better this year and um, now wins his first Grand Tour. When the fuck? This is what? his first Grand Tour stage in 10 years. It's a long time. Crazy, See, that's, huh? what I, that's what I mean. Like, people will say, how can you criticize the way he wrote? He won. But I would argue with his sprint. Sometimes the way he rides is not actually game theory yeah. optimal. I, do, I think he, you look at the sprint, Benji. He's beating yeah. Santi if they work 50 50. 100%. So he I introduced totally Camner into the equation for no reason. Like, on one end, I do love the, the strategy. As in, like, I love riders that have nerves of steel that. Love to tell another rider, I'm not chasing. You're going to have to do all the work. And if it actually benefits them, I love that. Because a lot of people call that wheel sucking and so forth. And, and like, oh, not real cyclismo. It's anti-cyclismo and so forth. And I'm like, fuck, guys, he won the stage that way. But today it's kind of like he half did that. But in the majority of situations that he did, it didn't actually cause him a benefit. It caused them an extra opponent that had a sprint compared to Butrago who has a a weaker sprint on paper. So I agree with that. But not only one stage in, in 2013, I reckon. I recall him winning like two in the two tour third? stages. Crazy. <laughs> High mountain stages too. That was when he was on his Tour de Suisse GC yeah. uh, years. <laughs> did he yeah. ever get... Did he ever get... Uh... Uh, I don't know. Let me just check. <laughs> Before you say it, uh, I don't think so. <laughs> Very good question, but I don't think so. No, he did. He got sussied. Yeah. Did he not? Sussied? <laughs> I he, failed a, he failed a doping test, but I don't know if he did get suspended. Anyway, long time ago. You're right. 2010. 2010. Um, but yeah, guess the W. And also for Intermarche, Benji, they've been a little bit anonymous the back half of the year. They started in that January, February, March period really hot. 
And I think that was almost intentional because they thought if we come in to these quote-unquote prep races in top form, we can take a lot of points here. But uh, they've not, like, like Benny's season's been a little bit disappointing, it must be said, um, apart from the Tour yep. Swiss win. And yeah, they just, there was a drought in July. They, the Tour wasn't as good as it might have been. I don't know, it's their... um. Yes, their first Grand Tour victory this year, and they won a Giro stage last year, so they needed this, I think. Yep, I reckon as well. And yeah, yeah, they had they had stage in the past, like Tarame and so forth, but they kind of needed it this year because they needed that uh, extra boost when it comes to Palmeiras this year. Because like, as much as that team that really has results in like the early part of the season when no one else is really at their, at their peak yet, but on the other hand, like they also want to deliver on the stages with that actually like matter on paper. Especially now that the point system also changed and eat these points as well, most likely in the future. Yeah, you can't but, just farm. Exactly. But anyway, I reckon that's most of the things we could say for today's stage. There's one more thing about last yesterday's stage. I was criticizing Remco from drinking for, from Barde's water bottle that I he got from a spectator. Well, water in a molehill. <laughs> How did you predict that that was Barde's dad giving the water Sean bottle? Sean Kelly said it. Sean <laughs> Kelly from the heli shot said he thought Bardet knew the guy. <laughs> That's pretty crazy, actually. <laughs> yes, it is fucking crazy. He said, uh, I'm sure... Like, I'm not going to do it. My father's from Kildare, so I can't do... Sean Kelly's best traits. I can't traits, do Kelly's accent, only from Recognizing Kildare. the relationship between riders and spectators from a helicopter shot, <laughs> and his second trait is sounding like he has a stroke when saying a random name. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, did you hear what Mas said the other day? When, um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Dude, so funny. He was like, uh, see, fue muy difícil con Jumbo, pero el joven de Bora, el joven de Bora, ¿qué? And then a, a journalist was like, a, the young guy from Bora, a journalist was like, um, Chanotobrux, <laughs> you know, and he's like, yeah, yeah, blah, blah, sí, sí, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> like don't say, to be honest, it's what, it's what, no offense to Belgians, Benji, but it's what we're all thinking half the time. <laughs> That's fucking rude. But that being said, Maz is a really funny guy. Like, in one of the early stages... He got roses also have, for like... it, actually, for being disrespectful. Really? For... Yeah. Ah, oh, that's bullshit. Like, he's he a funny guy. He was just joking. Like... Didn't he also put someone's, like, um... Computer, by computer, in Chinese or something? Must No, I... that was... That was Arcas or maybe Ar someone. Was um, not a quick step no, no, it was, yeah, he was Seri, Seri. Yeah. I actually, I actually <laughs> think that's not funny. I find it hilarious. <laughs> if someone put my bike computer or phone in Chinese and then I can't change, and you, how the fuck do you change the language back? You well, can't, where, where do you go to language settings? You need it's to not find like your French teammate. or something. You need to find your teammate and compare the UI, the interface. At least do it in French computer. or Italian or something. Chinese is too far, I think. <laughs> hey, we've had a lot of jokes at the start. Like, Gena steering Moscow's bike after Moscow stole his bike Moscow computer. Did some bike stole his bike well, computer, yeah. What is it with... Gonna escalate the peloton. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, I think everyone's—it's a bit silly season at the moment. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think for a lot of these riders, but uh, Groves actually got beaten by David Gonzalez on Caja in the sprint behind. But in terms of the GC, no changes in the top ten. Uh, in terms of points, Evenepoel closes the gap to Groves. He is now seventy-three points behind Groves. Kom, he is. 32 points ahead of Stora. Ayuso leads Otterbrook still by 253 in the youth classification. 
Uh, Yumbo are leading teams by 10 minutes, and the GC standings going into the second rest day, still Coos leading, 137 ahead of Roglic, 144 ahead of Vingegaard, and 237 ahead mm-hmm. of the non-Yumbo rival, one Ayuso. 237 is a lot, I must say. Like, it doesn't yeah. seem like a lot, but I think it is a lot. Uh, and we may as well do our stage 16 preview, Benji, because uh, we're having the rest day tomorrow. Liencres Playa to Bejes, 120Ks. This is a very typical uh, Vuelta stage. Is Santander in... Uh... Oh, I don't want to say Isn't the wrong place. Is that like place. a mobile provider? No, it's a bank. Fuck. Um... <laughs> Close enough. It's in Spain. Canta- it's Cantabria. It's can- no, no, because there's Galicia, of- there's Galicia, Castiglione, Basque Country. I always forget Cantabria. Good anchovies in this region. Um, and it's 120Ks. All Wait. sort of. R- yes. Are you telling me that I can say every province of Spain by just naming every single random race? Vuelta Castilla Leon, Vuelta Andalusia. There's no Cantabrian oh. race, no? Vuelta Cantabria? I don't know if that exists. There's Asturias, and uh, now Gran Camino is Galicia, no? Yeah, there's, there's no Vuelta Northern Cantabria. Spain has, that's why I forget Cantabria. Get your own race, I'll respect you. Um, <laughs> maybe Castiglione or Burgos. Nah, Burgos is, even Burgos has one. There's so many. There's <laughs> Catalonia, um, Asturias. Murcia. Yeah, damn. But not <laughs> too many World Tour ones. Uh, anyway, hockey stick stage, the final climb after some pretty much flat on the coast. And I don't, there's not normally crosswinds up here. They're normally in the south near Valencia or south of Valencia. Finishes with 5Ks, 8.6%. First K is 11%. Then the last two kilometers are 9% average. Um, not really rampas, I don't think. But um, what do you think will happen, Benji? Should Jumbo go for the, for the dub ski with Roglic? Yambo Visma should control the stage and win the stage with Roglic. You reckon? Yeah, 120 kilometers. Because if Remco beats him, it doesn't matter anymore. Yeah, exactly. Like the next two stages, Yambo should control and try and win the stage. I want it. Like at least Angliru on stage 17. The 16 one, they can still let a breakaway win, but I'd like to see them control it. I, I, I want to see GC riders fight up this damn ramp. Come on. Do you not think with the Angleru the next day that the GC teams will be a little bit gun-shy about going for it on 16? That's how they think a lot of the time. Possibly, but I want entertainment. So I want them to pace and I want Roglic to... Well, I don't want Roglic to win the stage necessarily. I just want a GC battle because they've been doing nothing the last couple of days except UAE's actions today in the middle of the stage. Yeah. But Do you think it's risky because you, you could put Kus on a gap to Ayuso on this finish? Yep, you can. I honestly don't think Ayuso's even looked better than Kus on this sort of finish. It's it's not it's not the major risk, but if it does it's not come a down 1K, to a one K nine percent punch, it's a it's a hard. Yeah. It's four K nine percent. I don't know. I that stage where Roglic attacked and Kus lost time to Remco as a consequence. Yeah. Because of the neutralized section. Stage nine. Ayuso was in that group, so there is a chance that Kus loses time to Ayuso because Roglic tries to win the stage. Unless you ride it really defensively and you just go for the, the 1k burst with Roglic instead. Or the, no, the, the last sprint with Roglic instead, not 1k I burst. I think that would be the worst well. thing. Agreed. 1k burst is worse, but the sprint 
should work. Yeah, yeah. You just control like you you control with Volta and just go for like a yeah a literal sprint in the last three hundred. Because who's going to help? Is Almeida and Soler going to help? Are you so? I don't see it. Um, I don't see it at all. I'm going to go with Remco Evenepoel winning the from the G, from the GC group. That's uh, it's not impossible. Like the thing with Remco as well is that he's now on. 16 minutes in GC, if I, if I recall correctly. He kind of needs to do these two stages from the GC group so that he can go in the breakaway on stage 18, La Cruz and El Linares. Otherwise, he might end up being too close in GC if he actually ends up in a winning breakaway in the next two stages. But yeah, I reckon it's not a, a bad idea to do that. It's probably also a good way to score K1 points still if you do it from the GC group. It depends on how good he is. If he can recover from what happened today, and what happened two days ago, and his effort from yesterday, then he can compete on that last hill. I just feel like we're going to have a Yetza Bull and random Andro Kamika breakaway. No, and then, no. I believe it. 120 kilometers to control, man. It's happening. Yeah, you're probably right. I'm trying to think of what other punches are here. I guess, yeah, Leonard, and, Leonard Kamner and Butraga will try and jump again with Rubio to get in the breakaway, yeah. but it is so easy to control a stage like this. So, really, really difficult to see the break winning. Some some team will try. UAE might just try to put Kus under pressure. I don't know. Yeah. Because Ayuso is only a minute behind Vingegaard and Roglic, and then who knows what could happen on the Angleroo. But yeah, second week coming. Yumbo do look they are in a commanding position, but a few wobbles. Like not too many things have to fall into place for Ayuso to start looking a little bit more threatening. We hope that's the case. I guess as for the neutral fans, because Yumbo being defensive and Walking it is not going to be the best spectacle in the, in the last week, I don't think. Um, yeah. But yeah, maybe 18, UAE go crazy. Who knows? But that's all <laughs> from us today. We'll see you with the recap on Tuesday of this Unipuerto Hockey Stick. Until then, ciao.